go into like the worst parts of medicine. Like don't just, and don't start in the operating room. You know, if you're thinking of being a surgeon, don't spend your first day in the operating room. Whenever students come to shadow me and they want to go into the operating room with me, I, I have that as the last thing that they're allowed to do. Like I have them, you know, watching me in the office for at least a few days before they can go into the operating room. Because once you go into the operating room, I mean, that's it. You're hooked. You know, it's done. Like, you know, there's nothing sexier than the act of walking to a room in, in green scrubs with your hands dripping wet. Well, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. And what you just heard was just a snippet of our next guest as we have a great interview with, uh, with him. I am your host. Richard Marn, your friendly neighborhood pediatric anesthesiologist. And um, just excited that you guys are here to join us. Today's episode, we're going to talk with Dr. Ernest Isaacson, otherwise known as Ernie. I consider him a friend and also have been fortunate to have him take care of me for some of my foot issues because we are dealing with a podiatrist. That's right. Ernie is a podiatrist. We are actually... From last week's episode, we went from the head, or ENT, with Dr. Guy Lin, and we're going to the other end, um, Dr. Ernie Isaacson. We are not stopping in the middle. <laughs> okay. So, to give you some background information on Dr. Isaacson, he went to college at Brown University, then got his Doctor of Podiatric Medicine, or podiatry degree, at the Shoal College of Podiatric Medicine in Chicago. He then completed his podiatric residency at both Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in Brooklyn and Our Lady of Mercy Medical Center in the Bronx. I consider Dr. Isaacson a excellent clinician and just hilarious and funny and lighthearted and just knows the topic of his specialty very well. This is another great guest to have on this podcast and I did not want to cut out much of his interview. So Again, I'm going to split this interview into two different episodes to make uh, each episode just tangible for the listener and just easy to digest. So, let's get started. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This is the closest I want to get to a pediatric anesthesiologist. <laughs> for your sake. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth closed. Other than speaking. You're a podiatrist. Yes. When you were a kid, were you even thinking about medicine and podiatry as a career? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it sounds a little cliched, but I was always thinking about medicine as a career. Uh, even when I was a little child, I used to operate on my friends. Uh, what no, do you mean so as a I, child? You mean like when you were in grade school? Yeah, I used to do like little surgeries on my friends, you know, take things out, <laughs> put things in. No, I, I didn't. But no, but I, I did always have a keen interest in medicine. I, I Yeah, like as long as I can remember. I, I really, I yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I was always interested in medicine. It was just always my thing. You know, I wanted to do And something. how did that come about? Were, is it because you were coming from a family of doctors? Uh, no, actually, everybody's in business in my family. I'm the only doctor in the family. I have a PhD doctor, but uh, nothing, no uh, medical doctors in the family. Nobody else was really interested. I don't know. I just always had a yen for it. Um, but uh, it just always, you know, the science part of it always kind of interested me and then medicine. And so when I was like, when I was in high school, I volunteered in an emergency room on Sundays. Uh, I lived in a dorm for high school. So I volunteered in an emergency room mm -hmm. uh, just to get experience. And I used to read all sorts of books about doctors and their careers and, you know, talk to a lot of different doctors. I just, I really always had a keen interest in it. And I thought so about even doing, early yeah. on, you're intrigued by 
the yeah. life and practice yeah. of people in medicine. Yeah. Yeah. It was always a thing. I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's common among doctors, I would think. I don't know if you found that also, but to have sort of a calling toward it, I think, right? I Did think you watch a lot of doctor TV shows? Uh, yeah. You know, St. Elsewhere was a favorite in high school. I don't know if the kids won't remember that one, but you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, that was way but, back when. Uh, yeah. That was when, but that was before Highway Mandel was doing uh, whatever it is he's doing. America's Got Talent. Yeah. And when he had hair, he was Dr. Wayne Fiscus. <laughs> um, but, uh, and Denzel Washington, by the way, and many other oh, famous that's actors. that's right. But yeah, remember? Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was like the doctor shows and I liked, I read, you know, just books about doctors and, you know, kind of doctor life and uh, different things. Yeah, I was always interested. I, I always sort of imagined I would become a doctor. And uh, Yeah. And, and so uh, even and, when you were in high school, you were thinking, okay, I'm even maybe in middle school, you were thinking I'm going to be a doctor. So was there, um, uh, how would you describe yourself as a student then? Thinking, knowing that that was kind of where you want to go. I was always a, you know, like, I think I was always bright, uh, but I was a little bit aloof, I think. I don't know. I was a little bit, uh, yeah, I was kind of an interesting student. Like I always had good knowledge, but I wasn't always a good test taker. Um, so, um, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I was always a pretty good student, but I, I really, and I had an interest in science, you know, even in high school, I was more interested in taking science classes like that, that sort of appealed to me more, you know, math, not as much, but science. Yes. And, um, you know, and I was, I was, I was always a pretty good student though. Like I was always interested in school. I was, I, I was kind of an Uber nerd. In so high, you were part of the uh, yeah, more of a uh, the geeky nerdy crowd. Yeah, I spent some time in the lockers, you know, and I don't mean like the <laughs> locker room. I mean like actually in the lockers. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I had my share of wedgies, but uh, before I learned to fight back, I lived in a dorm for high school, so it was sort of an interesting experience. You know, that, uh, was that, it? Um, that's another. Episode. Why is that? Uh, I why did I live in a dorm? Yeah, uh, that was the school my parents picked for me. Or yeah, I mean, not to get into the long boring saga, but uh, I uh, I. I went away for high school to a dorm. Uh, my parents were getting divorced and my father felt it would be best for me to be out of the house, which at the time was tough, but in retrospect, it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I ended up, so, you know, it was, a, it was a unique academic environment, but the school that I was in was in Providence in Rhode Island. And uh, so I ended up spending a significant amount of time there because I was there for high school and then I went back there for college. So, Where did you grow up though? Was it uh, New York? I grew up outside of Boston. I see. North of the city. A place called Marblehead, which uh, somebody has heard of. But uh, yes, a lovely place, uh, idyllic, right on the ocean. So uh, yeah, really, really, uh, lovely childhood. And uh, so you spent, you spent ro- um, school in Rhode Island then? Correct. Yes. I went there for, yeah, I spent there for, um, I was there for four years of high school. And then I went, uh, I went back for college and then I actually got married and spent a year there uh, after I was married and did a, did research for a year uh, in a hospital in Rhode Island. Um, how did you go about choosing your college? Like how did that? Oh, college was not a hard decision because I lived in Providence already. So I went to Brown for okay, undergrad. Yep. So right. I was already in Providence. Like we knew Brown. I mean, it was, you couldn't not know it. I mean, Providence is not a big town. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the football stadium was across the street from my high school. Um, like literally across the street. We used to have gym class in the Brown gym. Um, so, and you know, when we like on a Sunday, when we wanted to hang out, we would go down to Thayer street was like the big, you know, hangout and pretend we were college kids. So it was, yeah, it, it wasn't, that was not a hard decision. It was just a matter of getting in. 
And uh, so, you know, once I got in, like that was the thing. So. And when you were at Brown, you were there for four years, but you were, again, you were thinking about medicine, but at some point you were thinking uh, podiatry. Mm, Yeah. So somehow I found podiatry when I was in college and just seemed like a good field because there's a lot of different stuff you can do, which I guess we'll get to. But uh, podiatry is really a diverse field. And I think it's really a little bit of a sleeper field. You know, that not a lot of people really know what podiatrists can do. The people who know, know, both from doctors and patients and, you know, other doctors, podiatrists and patient perspectives know what podiatrists can do and what we're capable of doing. But, you know, like people who are looking into medicine may not know what podiatrists do. So, you know, like podiatrists is a great field because there's just a lot of interesting things that you can do. There's a lot more on the foot than you would think. And uh, it's a lot more complex than people think. And there's a like I do, you know, I treat everything and everyone. And there's a lot of different things that get incorporated into my practice. So I just found that it's also because you're going to schooling that's specialized from the beginning. So the podiatry school is, you know, it's four years of, you know, a separate type of school. And then, you know, now it's three to four years of residency. Um, at the time when I was doing it, you could basically get away with one year of residency. But I, I, have to, I did three years of residency. Um, so, you know, just podiatry became interesting to me sometime in college and that's where I ended up choosing. Where did that interest start for you for podiatry? Because for years you're thinking medicine yeah, and podiatry is medicine related, but it's not the traditional medicine that we uh, envision. Yeah. So what was there an aha moment? Was there someone that was a podiatrist that you were shadowing? Yeah. Uh, What was the situation that made you think, "Uh Oh, I need to make a, a course change here. Um, it was somewhere in college. Um, I, uh, my pre-med advisor kind of suggested to me and I just looked into it and it seemed, it seemed interesting. So it was just because of someone mentioned it and you kind of did more research. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I spoke to some people and it just, it seemed interesting to me and it was, um, yeah. So would you um, talk to Ernie that kind of gave you more information at the time? Other podiatrists? Um, I ended up shadowing a podiatrist. Um, and you know, and then when I was, uh, so I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead, but not at all. Yeah. So I ended up shadowing podiatrists and I spoke to, you know, there's like literature and stuff like that. And there was, you know, PR materials on what, you know, what podiatrists do and what the schooling is like and all that. Uh, and then I, you know, at some point I decided to apply and podiatry is kind of interesting field because it is a little bit of a sleeper. And because of that, the schooling, it's a little bit easier to get into podiatry school than it is to get into medical school. Just because. Of Would the, you say that's the same thing today as well? I think so. And there's even more podiatry schools. So there's newer podiatry schools. I think there's, uh, I should know this, but I think there's 10 schools now nationwide, which doesn't sound like a okay. lot relative to the no, number of medical or dental schools that you have. Right. Even the number of DO schools that you have is, is far more. So it's not that many podiatrists. So you'd think the demand would be, you know, it would be really tough to get in. There's just not a lot of people deciding to go into it because there are some hurdles that you have to think about. But um, when I, you know, I looked into it, it seemed like an interesting field. It was also something that I could get into. Uh, and when I interviewed for podiatry school, uh, I, I only interviewed at two schools, one in Chicago and one in Philadelphia. And at the Philadelphia school, I interviewed with a guy who I didn't know it at the time, but he happens to be like a renowned expert on infectious diseases. And he lectures all over the place. He's one of the few podiatrists that's a member of the, a member of the Infectious Disease Society of America, of North America, which is like the premier the infectious disease group. Infectious uh, disease for, for podiatry. Yeah, he does. Well, he's infe- like his thing is infectious disease. Like he deals with a lot of bone infections, osteomyelitis, diabetic foot infections. Um, so he, he happens to be like he's, he's a, a renowned 
phys- doctor and, and he lectures at national conferences and yeah, really like this guy's, and he's very well versed on, you know, f- uh, infections that happen to uh, affect the foot. So when he interviewed me, um, he told me, he said, you know, I, I happened, I actually at the time happened to be uh, applying to dental school as well. Um, cause I wasn't really sure what direction I was going to take. And he's actually you applied want- to two different yeah, um, specialties too. Two yeah, different and, fields. And he said, "What do you want to?" Yeah, and he said, "What do you want to?" And and you know, of course, your wife is a dentist, so this may not, you know, uh, this may not um, bounce well off of you. But <laughs> he said, "He said, why would you want to be a dentist? You're going to spend your whole career with your hands in people's mouth. How are you going to have a conversation with them?" And and uh, you know, and and he told me a few other things, which also were. Uh, were at the time kind of prescient and uh, also just uh, very uh, wise. And he told me that he would accept me to podiatry school, but only if I would visit with a podiatrist, if I would shadow a podiatrist. And uh, he wanted to make sure that I was really uh, committed to it. And that I was but did you shadow a, dent- I did. Uh, a podiatrist yeah, podiatrist. before yeah, that? I, I did. I did. I had spoken to a podiatrist, but I hadn't really shadowed anybody. So I ended up shadowing somebody. And, uh, you know, and then I saw what they do and it was, you know, it, it, it just looked good to me. And, um, yeah, and and you know, and I haven't looked back. I mean, I I think it's a great field. You know, Ernie, for myself, I thought I would be a surgeon even when yeah. I was in grade school. Right. And when I didn't become a surgeon because of a choice, um, it was a very, um, I was kind of like finding myself, if you will, professionally. Right. Did you have that knowing that you were going to go into medicine, but then you were now only applying to dental school and podiatry school did you have kind of like that that moment where like the struggle if you will how to um, oh, what what did i what i was going to do yes yeah i mean listen it's like getting married you know you never quite know if the decision is the right one you know and <laughs> you just kind of go ahead and trying to think about the what ifs and you know could have would have should have so, all right your wife is not listening to this podcast yeah of course of course it's just between us so just between us yeah of course but <laughs> So I, you know, I just kind of, you know, I made the decision. It seemed like a good one at the time. And, you know, you just, you go with it and you live with it. And hopefully it's not awful. And it, and it hasn't been. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, like, I like what I do. I, lo- I do a lot of diverse things. And, and yes, and to your point, like, this is a surgical field. And it's something that I can do. I mean, I, I do surgery and I do, you know, I can do anything pretty much on the foot and ankle. Yes. You know, anything and I can do. So I do stuff that, you know, vascular surgeons do and that orthopedic surgeons do. And I do, and I have, you know, dermatology issues and infectious disease issues. And, you know, I have little kids that come in and old ladies and everything in between and sports medicine. And, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, diverse field because there's a lot of stuff that affects the foot. You know, the ankle is the most commonly injured joint in the body. So I deal with a lot of ankle sprains and I can deal with them from, you know, the very minor ankle sprain to the severe ankle sprain to the chronic ankle sprain that needs to be you know, fixed surgically. To, so, you know, whatever comes in, I can, you know, I'm, I'm able to fix. And, um, you know, and working closely with other doctors also. And the stuff that we do and the stuff that we do with the, with the diabetics is uh, is unique and and specialized. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of what I like about this. Um, and that's what, so that's what makes the decision easier, you know, looking back on it because I, you know, I like what I do on a day-to-day basis. When you were um, uh, going, because I, I want to get to your career and what you're doing, but just to give a fuller picture bef- that led up to that, how did you decide to choose uh, the, the Chicago residency training versus the um, the one in Philadelphia? Because uh, that could really, I yeah, would presume, based on where you choose to work, 
yeah. and train can affect your career. Right. So, so how do you come to that decision? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you find this is true also that, you know, somebody had told me a long time ago, and I remember reading this like in doctor books, that where you do your residency is uh, oftentimes where you end up living. Um, so I was cognizant of that. The, as far as the schooling goes, so it was between the Chicago and Philadelphia schools. I ended up choosing either one would have been fine. The schools, the schooling themselves, I felt were, were mostly equivalent. And, and now, you know, I started podiatry school in 1996. Now, a lot of the podiatry schools are incorporated into medical schools. Like the school that I went to was part of uh, what used to be Chicago Medical School. Now it's Rosalind Franklin University. And the Philadelphia School is now part of Temple. And mm-hmm. the, there's a school in New York that got bought up by Turo. And, um, you know, so a, a lot of them have some sort of affiliation with, uh, with a medical school or they've been incorporated or bought out or whatever it is. So, so that's, you know, they're pulling resources, things like that. So the schooling, I, I felt that Chicago and Philly schools academically were pretty much equivalent and I still feel that way. Um, but, um, I just, I knew people in Chicago. I had friends there, frankly, and I was married at the time and I had, you know, our oldest son was, uh, born right before I started school. So, you know, I knew that my wife was going to be home and it was just, it was a quality of life. I mean, it was a place that we could live for four years. So that was really, that, that was a lot of what made the decision. Um, I had spent some time in Chicago and I, like I knew people there. So I just knew it would be a good life for us. Uh, Ernie, you had a family when you were in training. How, how did you manage that? Mm, well, um, not well. That, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, it was, I mean, listen, it's like anything else. It's, it's a matter of, you know, you have to set your priorities and you have to manage your time and you have to have an understanding spouse. Um, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot at the first two years of school. It basically, you're I'm buried down with my head down in the book in the library, you know, the whole time or in a lab somewhere. And, you know, you're working very hard the first two years. Um, I don't know that, um, I mean, you just kind of prioritize, you just kind of have to do it in such a way that, um, uh, it, it, I mean, it, you know, like I say, it's, it's hard. I had my, we had our first child right before I started school. I had a second child during my second year of school, third child, mm-hmm. first year of residency, my fourth child right after residency. So, mm-hmm. um, listen, I, you know, I tell you, frankly, you have to have a mandate from God to have that many kids and to have them in rapid fire succession like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was the case. Um, but, uh, you know, we made that decision. My wife was uh, home with the kids and we were able to swing it. Um, but it was really, it was having a dedicated spouse. Uh, I had a friend that I went to school with that had five kids, had had five children and he got five kids. Yeah. He had five kids and he got divorced in the middle of school, like in his senior year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really went through a lot and he worked hard. I mean, he had a job while he was in school and, uh, he really, you know, I, I mean, I thought I was working hard, but he really, uh, put it in. Um, you have to really go into it with the understanding that this is going to be the long term. Now, I mean, my schooling was four years and I did three years of residency. The minimum mu- amount of time that you're going to spend in school in school and residency, if you're doing any sort of medicine, the minimum amount of time, you're talking about four years of school, three years of residency. If you're doing, you know, some other subspecialty, if you're doing a medical subspecialty, you're talking about three years of residency plus, plus three years of, you know, a- additional time of right. fellowship, right? right? So that's six years. Surgical specialties, it's six years of residency, and then you could have, you know, two years of fellowship. So you could be talking about eight years of postgraduate training on top of, you know, four years of medical school. If you're going to do it, you have to really make that decision that, you know, there's going to be some sacrifice and it's going to be hard on your spouse. And, you know, money's going to be tight and, you know, it can be tense. Obviously, you know, this is not a, uh, you know, this is not a family therapy podcast, but you have to be able to dedicate some time to the spouse. Um, you have to be able to figure out time for your kids. 
And you have to realize that there's not going to be really a lot of free time, you know, at all, because any free time that you have is going to be done is going to be dedicated to the family or should be dedicated to the family. So you have to be able to dedicate that. Uh, and then, you know, just understand what you're getting yourself into and uh, hopefully have supportive parents, too, um, because you'll need people to, you know, just help out with time and money and other things. So, I mean, it really has to be it has to be a team effort in order to do it. But it can be done. Now, it's also uh, you know, again, this is not family therapy, but you have to really recognize when there are strains and uh, you have to be able to really kind of look into that. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you, you know what it's like when you're in your residency, your residency, you're working like a dog right. or you could be working 120 hours a week. You're barely at home. And when you're at home, there's no energy. I mean, there's your post call and basically just, you know, just passing out. So, um, you have to have a spouse that's, you know, willing to go through that. And, uh, and, and it's not, when when you're doing that, you know when I'm doing that, it's it's I'm doing it for my career, so you know it's it's kind of a selfish thing. I mean, yes, hopefully it'll benefit both of us in the long run, but it's I'm doing it to advance my career, and so you have to have a spouse that's really uh, dedicated and willing to go through that, and then you have to really you know show them the love for that. Um, I think that's uh, great information, Ernie, because there are students that are um, managing several responsibilities yeah. like you did, and. Yeah. Knowing that there are successful and and um, podiatrists out there that are able to do that and get through that is is a great great information. So yeah. I, I I I'm I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I would say was helpful is at the time, uh, basically uh, when I was it was in Chicago. So the uh, the the groups that had the largest families were the Orthodox Jews and the Mormons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We had a, I think it was called a family pod. We had like a, you know, like a club in school where we all used to get together. And yeah, and everybody would get together and just talk and everything. And, you know, just, just to, you know, everyone get together with their kids and everything just to, so everybody could sort of commiserate and the wives could commiserate and, you know, or husbands or whatever it is that the spouses could just talk to each other and talk about, you know, what it's like on the other side. And, uh, and, you know, that was a good, uh, outlet, you know, that was a good release. So if there's a club like that, that can be helpful. Um, there are schools and especially there are residency programs that will brag about their divorce rates. Um, and I wasn't uh, aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these, well, you know what it's like, these, you know, crazy, like surgery, surgery residency programs where, you know, you're routinely working hundred to 120 hours a week. I mean, they don't, you know, they are not necessarily going to be sensitive to the needs of a family. I think now people in general are more sensitive to those kind of things. But, you know, back in the day, you know, Halstead was one of, you know, uh, one of the original, you know, really famous surgeons at Bellevue in the turn of the 20th century. Um, he used to brag that his residents should be on call 364 days a year. And, you know, of course, he was a speed junkie, too. But that's another story. <laughs> um, you know, but, yeah. He was a um, good surgeon, though. How did you end up in New York for your residency? Was that uh, because you want to end up in New York? I, you know, frankly, it's just, it was just sort of serendipity. I, I, so the way the residency works, in case any of the listeners don't know it, is uh, basically, you know, you do a different, you do a lot of different rotations in third and fourth year. You go to different programs and then, you know, you get to know them and they get to know you and you, um, and the, the way it works is there's a ranking system and you rank your top residency spots and the residency spots rank who they like for students. And then there's a match system that matches up as close as possible, uh, the two groups. So I ranked a program that said they were going to rank me, uh, which was Cook County in Chicago, um, which is, you know, the hospital that ER is loosely based yes. off of. Yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly. The TV yeah. show from way oh, back in oh, uh, yeah. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. The, the 90s. Or as they call it, er. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but 
they don't. But no, it was right. It was sandwiched. It was right after Friends and Seinfeld. Yes. Must see TV Thursday night. You must see TV yeah. with a single titled uh, famous shows. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, that was when TV was watched by people. Um, but so I, I, you know, I did, I did Cook County and I had ranked it and they said they were going to rank me and they ended up not ranking me apparently because I didn't get the program. So I had to, uh, I had to scramble, which means you just pick up whatever's really? left over. Yeah. And it was, I ended up doing my first year at Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in Brooklyn, uh, cause they had a ton of spots. They had 45 first year spots, which is huge for most programs, especially podiatry program. How many? 45, four or five. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Staggering, right? It's, it's shocking to even think of that they had such a large program. Yeah. Huge. Holy cow. Yeah. So they had spots available. They had, you know, they, they would, they had to scramble to fill spots. So right. I ended up going there. And then uh, for my second and third year, I did a program in the Bronx. Um, I ended up getting a program, which um, at the time, surgery, uh, podiatry residencies were divided into either non-surgical or surgical categories. So you can actually get a non-surgical residency now. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So now the programs all have a surgical component and they all have surgical training. So uh, it's not a problem to get surgical training, but at the time um, you could get a residency and not get any sort of surgical training. So I, I did, you know, thankfully I managed to get a surgical program and I got surgical training. So you, there's actually um, podiatrists of uh, your age or even older that are not surgically trained in podiatry. Uh, that's just not their skill set that they picked up. Right. And, and some of them by choice are not necessarily by choice. Um, they're, you know, they uh, just didn't do a residency. Um, podiatry is, I mean, maybe it's uh, good to put it out there, but podiatry is a bit of an, ev- an evolving field. So when I first got, when I first started school, I believe that most states didn't have a residency requirement for podiatry. Um, by the time I left, by the time I graduated, I think there was a one-year residency requirement. And now mm-hmm. I believe it's a three-year residency requirement for all podiatrists graduating. Um, so the training is much, much better than it was. So training really has evolved. evolved in about 20 years, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's much better. The guys who are around my age and even a little bit older, you know, got much better training because the people who were graduating before that, the people who graduated like prior to, let's say, 1990, a lot of them weren't able to get residency programs because it wasn't a requirement and they didn't have a lot of programs. So they didn't necessarily get the residency training. Some of them did what's called a preceptorship, which is like uh, shadowing somebody in the office and and getting training that way, but it's not a formal residency program in a hospital. And I, you know, to be fair, like I did my residency program, my first year, I rotated through many different specialties. Um, my second year, I did four months of internal medicine, four months of general surgery. Um, I did, I did, you know, I, I did, I've done two months in the ER. I did two months on trauma at Lincoln Hospital, which is a level Very diverse yeah. experience. I did orthopedics, vascular. I did a month of neurosurgery. I've done a craniotomy, skin to skin. Um, I did... You know, my last month at Wyckoff was general surgery. And then my first month at uh, Our Lady of Mercy, which is where I'm doing my residence in the Bronx, was general surgery. So I went from a very intense month at a busy Brooklyn hospital where I was the surgical intern on the service for a month. And then I started out with in general surgery in the next program with all the other first year general surgery interns. So when I did my first month of general surgery, I was ready. I mean, I was ready to rock. Like I knew how to get things done. I knew how to get a CAT scan ordered. I knew how to push potassium. I knew, you know, the ransom criteria. I like, I knew when they asked questions, I was ready to go. And you're pushing potassium. 
Yeah, like you know, like, well, <laughs> slowly, slowly, right? Just slowly, slowly. Okay. Yes, right. Okay, is that the operative word here? Yeah. Just, just yeah. to let you know, sometimes potassium, if given too quickly to the listeners, can uh, yeah stop the heart. Yeah, it can kill you. Right. Yeah. No, and I know that. Yes, and I know you have to put it slowly. Right. And and they didn't. So right. So I was able to provide that sort of critical information. But I also yeah. But I knew how to get things done. And so I was the superstar first year resident in general surgery who was actually awesome. a podiatrist. Yeah. And so, you know, that that worked very well for me. And I, you know, um, yeah. And that I started in August of 2001. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we all know what happened in September of 2001. Yes. You know, so, yeah. So I was on service during 9-11. And, uh, yeah. 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 So um, you and I were both in New York at that time. Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, which is, you know, another, another conversation. Yeah, yeah, another <laughs> conversation on its own. But uh, the point is, I had a very, I had very diverse training. You know, I was able to do, I did a lot of different things. And, you know, doing four months of internal medicine where I was an internal medicine intern on the floor. So I was, I had a list of patients that I had to take care of every day. It wasn't, you know, like coming in and say, hey, I'm the podiatrist resident taking care of you. It's like, hey, I'm the medicine intern taking care of you. And I was managing, you know, people's diabetes and hypertension and pancreatitis and, you know, whatever else they would come in for. And, you know, I, I developed a fluency in medicine. Not that I would, you know, I'm not going to admit patients to my service and manage their asthma. But if somebody comes in and tells me they have asthma, I know the difference between a, a mast cell stabilizer versus, you know, a beta agonist. And, um, you know, right. So you just develop that. And What uh, was that diverse experience do for you to get you to where you are today? Uh, I'm jumping a little bit, but how was that experience helpful because you had such a diverse experience? Um, um, just because, residency training. Yeah, because of stuff like that. Because like if, if I have a diabetic that I'm managing their foot infection, like I understand what it's doing to the rest of the body. Not to the point where I can manage it, but I just understand, you know, the medicines they're taking and how it interacts and how things work. Um, I also like the diverse surgical training was definitely a help. Like I did a month of plastic surgery. And so that, you know, like I learned a lot of plastic techniques, you know, and I learned how skin heals and how to prevent and how to prevent scarring from happening. And same with orthopedics mm-hmm. and, you know, learning how bone heals in other parts of the body and learning how like my residency director who was very old school when I was in the Bronx. He was a very old school guy, but he used to say like surgery is surgery. Like if you're closing a wound, it doesn't matter if it's on the abdomen or the arm or the foot. You know, you need to learn how to make a plastic closure. And you need to learn how to make things look good because that's what patients will see. And I learned that. And I learned from a plastic surgeon that pay attention, that you always want to pay attention to details and never take shortcuts. And, you know, that's stuff that I apply now, you know, and I, you know, I know how to make a wound, you know, look good and I know how to heal things. And, 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 you know, so that's, that's training that like, yes, it was helpful at the time when I was a resident and you also learn how to work hard. Uh, but it also, um, it also just helps me to, uh, it, it, you know, it helps me on a day-to-day basis. This is just, it helps to have a diverse knowledge. Right. Um, when, um, when you finish residency and you first started working out, did you have to end up work for a lot of different offices or you just start off working on your own? Yeah. How did you get started? I, I did a lot of different things when I came out. Um, I, you know, there are people who are lucky enough that when they come out of residency, the job opportunities in podiatry, I would say just as, just as an intro to that question, the job opportunities in podiatry are not always the same as they are for medicine. Um, for if you're doing like, let's say orthopedics or, you know, surgery or, you know, other medical specialties. Yeah. It depends on the specialty, but yes. Yeah. I think it depends on the specialty, but I think with some things, if you have a really in-demand specialty, you're going to get a really nice offer from some group that will take you in and give, you know, a nice salary benefits, things like that. In podiatry, 
you know, it can be tough because um, it's, you know, the business of podiatry can be a little bit challenging. And so some of these offices, you know, they may just offer sort of part-time work and the salaries may not be what you think. But I don't want to, I don't want to discourage anybody because there are, you know, very, very good opportunities and there are, um, and you can make a very comfortable living and it's, you know, it's a very good field and it can be lucrative and it's a good lifestyle and all that. So that being said, when I came out, I had, I got a couple different opportunities. So I was working a day and a half in the city, um, for somebody I was working, you know, like a day and a half in the Bronx for a different group. Uh, and then I worked Sundays in Kings Plaza mall at the dental foot care office. Really? Uh, yeah. I did house calls and I just, I basically said yes to a lot of different opportunities and then eventually I consolidated down. So the office that I worked at in the city, um, I worked there for four months. And then at some point he said, you need to be captain of your own ship. And, you know, you're just not good at working for other people. And, you know, I said, I agree. And, you know, long story <laughs> short, um, I ended up opening an office a couple blocks away. Uh, and that evolved into the practice that I have now in Manhattan. Um, the office that I worked at in the Bronx, uh, I worked for a day and a half there in a satellite office. I ended up going to their main practice when the satellite office closed. I worked there for about, uh, I think, 12, 13 years. And then one day, the wife of the um, of the doctor that I was working for, uh, and she was also the office manager, she came to me and said, to, she said, do you want to buy the practice? You know, he's retiring. I said, mm-hmm. yes. And I ended up buying that practice. So I own, so the, the two big opportunities that I had in residency, uh, and these were people that, uh, the reason I got these opportunities was because they were connected to attendings that I worked with in residency. You know, I uh-huh. worked hard, I was a good resident, and, you know, they gave me opportunities. And those opportunities that I had have evolved into the, uh, into the practices that I own today. So that was Dr. Ernie Isaacson, a podiatrist. This is the first half, part one of his guest interview. And in the next episode will be the second half of this episode where we dive into uh, more of the details of his career, what it's like day to day, and what he enjoys and doesn't enjoy. There are a whole bunch of gems in that episode as well. And so I hope you'll be able to join in and listen. You've been listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin. If you want to find out more about me or about the podcast, please go to healthcareerswithdrmarn.com or hcwithdrmarn.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will tune in again.